right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob Gar, and I'm only good for one thing, podcasting. <laughs> I'm Jen Gar, and I'm only good for one thing, posting cat pictures. I'm Alex Gar, and I'm not good at anything. And I'm David Gar, and I'm only good at one thing, editing these podcasts. Yes. And indeed, today's episode is Garbage In, Garbage Out, first aired May 3rd, 2008, and written by uh, show story editor Marty Eisenberg. And, uh, and we... again, we get actual good creative titles. Yeah, this is a computer term, I believe. Yes. yes. Programming. Uh, what? Phrase. Wasn't it also a military term originally? I uh, I don't know, but it's definitely used in programming. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we might as well get this one out of the get this out of the way right now. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic is in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. He plays the Sumdex Systems engineer. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I. He's the biggest guest star. At this point, I would say he's probably the second biggest guest star in Transformers TV history. What would the first be then? Uh, The Rock, who was in the first episode of Transformers Prime. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a bigger guest. I forget about that because I don't remember Cliff Jumper even existed. Well, he was (laughs) only in the one episode, and then he was murdered because we're not paying The Rock for the whole show. Yeah, Yeah. that's what it. There's there's a thing with. Uh, Game of Thrones fans, where you'll have a character who you suspect is probably going to die, and uh, spoilers that uh, an example of that being Ian McShane's character in the oh, recent season. I was so mad about that. <laughs> where you can guess that they're probably going to die because their actor is too expensive to pay for more than an episode or two. Ian McShane's he also only- Sean Bean. Yes, also well, Sean, Sean he, he got a whole season, though, at least. Yeah, I know, but... that's the thing. Like, Ian McShane's like, Lovejoy, I expected Lovejoy to be around for, like, half a season. Nope. Nope, he was too expensive. They had to they had to kill him. Also, he's probably busy with American Gods, which is great. Oh. Mm. I mean, Ian McShane, I, he's, like, a name, plus he's probably, he's, like, a an HBO guy already, because he was on Deadwood. Yeah. Oh. He's got that HBO pedigree. <laughs> That's even more reason he should have stuck around. It was just... Uh-huh. Nope, he died. I mean, there aren't really a lot of people who were famous prior to Game of Thrones who were on Game of Thrones. I mean, there there are, but they are Maybe? usually in smaller roles. I mean, uh, I'm, I mostly just know Dinklage and uh, Lena Headey. Um, uh, oh, what the, what's his name? He's going to be Aquaman. Oh, uh, oh, right, uh, Jason, Momoa? Jason Momoa. Yeah. Although, was he that famous prior to that? He wasn't that famous. He starred as Conan in a movie that nobody but me seemed to like. Well, also, didn't that come out after he'd already been on uh, Game of Thrones? I thought it was before. I There's think also it was after... Dame Diana Rigg. Well, this is true. Oh, oh right, yeah. she's on that show. Right, right. Yeah. I always really liked Jason Momoa on Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. So he was doing things before, like, there aren't a lot of people you've heard of before on Game of Thrones, but... I mean, a lot of them are famous now. He was on Baywatch for 44 episodes? What? Huh. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm looking forward them... to when Baywatching catches up to that. <laughs> most of them came in for for a smaller role, like a. I forget whoever it is playing the the High Sparrow was someone who's a pretty big deal. Oh, and he only lasted a season. Name blanking, but yeah, he's one of those. Hey, I've Jonathan Price. Oh, Jonathan uh, Price. from uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, where he's yes. evil uh, Rupert Murdoch. Well, evil er Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> and Actually, he... let's be entirely honest. Roughly as evil or slightly less evil Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> I mean, he does try and have James Bond murdered. Also, the internet informs me that he was in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Oh, right, he was the president. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he was impersonated by Zartan. Now we're talking. Yes. And he was also in those uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yes. But again, those tend to be brought on for smaller roles that are usually do not make it more than a season at the absolute most. Because, again, they're expensive. So Anyway, so welcome anyway. back to the Iron Throne cast. So anyway, Weird Al Yankovic is on this show. And, uh, of course, this is not his first uh, connection with the Transformers. Of course not, as will be referred to several times in the episode. Yes. Yeah, okay. Do, do we know how he was even gotten for this role? Did they ask him first, or... Apparently, they right, were right the they actually uh, they were looking for Eric Idle, but he was oh, doing okay. Spamalot oh, on Broadway. Oh, oh that yeah. Too. But they must have got him fairly high in the... Like, fairly early on, because... There's definitely some weird Al Yankovic in, like, the design of Rekgar here. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, it's probably like, you know, Townsend Coleman. I can't imagine that they designed Sentinel Prime for Townsend Coleman, but once they cast him, they still had enough leeway in the character design to make him Townsend Coleman. Yes. Or, well, I guess Eric Idle's a tall, skinny guy, too, so it's not that different to change it to weird Al, just give him facial hair. This is true. Which is sort of Rekgar's facial hair. But... Yeah. Or wait, wait, did weird Al have facial hair at that point? I can't I, no, I don't. He had it... shaved by that point. Yeah. I don't think it's quite so blatant as his character from My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, which is actually wearing his shirt, <laughs> and uh, whose cutie mark is an accordion. <laughs> and also has the big curly brown hair. Despite ponies generally having more brightly colored hair, but that's okay because his shirt makes up for the brightly colored part. So anyway, we open up uh, without Weird Al. what is either 70s New York or 2050s Detroit. <laughs> yes. It's Again, we're getting political. Yeah, there's a, there's a garbage strike speed. on. Yeah. And oh man, you do not want to be in a big city while there's a garbage strike on. No. There's just a, a tangible reek to it. Yeah, and, and they might start singing, we're on strike. 
so many problems. So it, it's not quite a strike, but the the trash bots that are ubiquitous in the city of Detroit are broken, and Porter C. Powell will not fix them until he and the city make a new deal. Yes, he is insisting that they renegotiate his contract before he will fix them, which is a dick move, but I suppose he's, you know, a shrewd businessman. Yes. And, uh, yeah, the, the city of Detroit is, uh, they're angry and foul-smelling. Yes. And dressed very polyesterly. I'm just confused why they, the angry mob decided to egg the reporter. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're just angry. you're in the city, you're piled with garbage. You just kind of want to throw garbage on everybody who doesn't have garbage on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you want to make sure everyone is sharing in the garbage. Uh, so, uh, at Sumdac HQ, uh, Porter C. Powell is receiving a demonstration from... Uh, Weird Al Yakovic in a in an aim guy costume. Yes, it's also <laughs> I, I uh, Weird Al Yakovic just voicing an incidental character because uh, you know you're you're there, you might as well. Yeah. yeah. And Al does a good borderline evil genius. Yes, mad scientist type. <laughs> so they are, yeah, it's they're using the nano- almost uh, it's almost a Doctor Clayton Forrester voice. It's a little Doctor Clayton Forrester. So yeah, they. Oh, it would be awesome if he cameoed on season two of the new MST3K. I'm kind of surprised <laughs> he didn't. So. Yeah. Maybe he was touring. Maybe. He does that. I... It's very good. It's very entertaining when he does that. Yeah. So they. Such quick costume changes. Really good. <laughs> yeah, I. Am I the only one who has not seen Weird Al uh, live here? Apparently. Admittedly, it's been a very long time. Like, I saw him in the late 90s. But, yeah, you, you may be the only one. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, I just... I saw I him mean, in the mid-2000s, then again last year. Oh, I've got it. Next time he goes on tour, I've got to... Even if I have to go to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be appropriate. And I guess, speaking of, doesn't he uses a clip from this episode uh, in his stage show, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Oh, and I guess we will get to that. <laughs> yes, we will. So anyway, this... Uh, uh, human Al Yankovic has uh, repurposed the nanobots that turned a cockroach into a giant cockroach monster back in the pilot into a something that's going to eat some garbage. Sounds like a great idea. Yes. That's, nothing can go wrong with these matter-eating nanobots. <laughs> Which, like, how do you program them to just get trash? What is defined as trash? Like, there, I think even at, at the time they were making this, they were like working on bacteria that could eat petroleum and other things. I mean, yeah, they're still working on that. It's an interesting project. You know, this is ending in a gray goo scenario. Yeah, like <laughs> everything can be defined as trash. Human yes. flesh. Yes, it can. <laughs> so they they can make these even cheaper than the garbage bots, but they can charge the city even more for them. It's brilliant. Man. Yeah, some Dak was like, they they had it easy with him. He was actually some kind of moral <laughs> corporate person. I mean, he was a moral corporate person who ha- also had the, e- had the severed head of... Robot space Hitler giving him marching orders. 
Well, yes. But he wasn't so you're renegotiating saying he was more of a Steve Wozniak to uh, Megatron Steve Jobs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. He only wanted a body so that he could put a giant turtleneck over it. <laughs> it's a phone. It's an MP3 player. No, it is both. It's a breakthrough internet communications device. <laughs> uh, I, I, I still love that presentation and go back to it. I, I'm such a dork. <laughs> this summer, Michael Fossbender is Megatron. In Megatron. <laughs> Just Kate Winslet yelling at him. Yes. Uh. Anyway, uh, the Autobots are still having some of that Spider-Man publicity where everybody hates them for kind of trashing all this, for trashing half the city, so they're helping with the garbage cleanup. Yeah. Well, it's very nice. Of them. Some of them are helping, and Ratchet is dumping people's cars into the river. Oh, I love Ratchet though. He's so cranky. I feel him, man. I feel him. I mean, the guy said put it down right now. It was <laughs> yeah. over the water. Kind of his fault. Yeah, and his car was parked somewhere where it got covered in garbage in the first Well, as Ratchet says, you parked it under that pile of garbage. That's not my problem. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very weird, but... Though it, he points out that the garbage was not there <laughs> when he parked there. Yeah. But it's really entertaining to see grumpy old man Ratchet arguing with grumpy old human... It's just grumpier old men. Who voices that grumpier old human? I didn't think to look for him in the credits. I think it might be... Uh, oh, David Kay. Oh, David okay. Kay. Oh. oh. The always delightful David Kay. <laughs> he was credited as irate citizen, and while that's probably just a generic descriptor, I want that to be his given name. <laughs> <laughs> he was born to the role of irate citizen. <laughs> yes. Uh, Again, I I know how that is. I know that feeling. So they they almost start fighting each other, but thankfully Captain Fanzone arrives uh, before anybody can get murdered. <laughs> yes. Literally murdered. So, so yeah, Fanzone somehow is the voice of reason here, and Prime decides, hey. Bumblebee, sorry, teach Ratchet to stop being an asshole. <laughs> Good luck with that, kids. Good luck. Prowl comments that it's the one less dignified and more unpleasant job than garbage duty. Yes. Yeah, Which yes. he previously noted was even more undignified than fixing space bridges. And remember, this is probably a team where somebody has to wash the parts of Bulkhead his arms don't reach. <laughs> oh. He's a big guy. Oh. It's true. He is a big guy. That's fun. They get to use a pressure washer. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Good point. Oh, uh, at the risk of making this episode even longer than it's probably already going to be, have we had a discussion about Optimus Prime's lips before? <laughs> Maybe. They are Overlord-esque. Yeah, that's why I, I was thinking. I was thinking about like probably pre-ordering the new Overlord toy and then seeing Optimus Prime. It's like. Those lips, it's... <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah. Like, and this is before Overlord lips became a meme. <laughs> before that was a They're thing. somewhat cat-like. Yeah. I mean, they they are 
And nobody else really has those lips. Possibly because nobody else has a blue face. Well, Alita 1 has them. Oh, yeah, well, yes. I mean, that is kind of the standard thing that all, that all female Transformers have. They have the lips. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no other way to tell with a lady robot that it's a lady. For the most yes. part. Yeah. Sure. Um, we've had lips on Stryka? No. Stryka? Well, okay, no, not her. <laughs> oh, so but basically, it, we yeah, have but, gender equality lips here. Yes. Yeah. And also, Prime has replaced his uh, trailer with a garbage truck trailer. <laughs> yes, which was, I guess he can just do whatever he needs. So yeah, they they wander really, off. Jay turned to dump. So, <laughs> uh, Sari's key glows a little, but they all ignore it, and so they don't. Notice a robot emerging from this garbage, brought to life by a shard of the Allspark. Dun dun! And yes, this is Weird Al Yankovic. Yay! And I, I love his design. Oh, it's brilliant. It kind of has like an old TV for a head. Yeah. Yes. With a handle on top and a little antenna. I guess like a, like an old portable TV? Yeah. Yep, with like control dials and everything. Yeah. Yeah, my grandparents had one that was a hell of a lot like that. Oh, I think the handle was the other direction. I had a black and white TV that was very much like that, except it was gray instead of orange. Oh. Yeah, it, It's amazing that they... The, a lot of the animated designs, it's kind of amazing to get toys out of them. And his... Uh-huh. Well, his is kind of half-wadded up in his garbage truck. Shell, but it works yeah. so well. Yeah, it's a really good. I mean, and yeah, it sort of works out that in robot mode, he just sort of has this magic backpack. <laughs> yes. Yes, and indeed, he could pull pretty much anything out of it, and he's trying. To, but what he doesn't know is uh, who he is. Aww. He's having an existential crisis. Yes, and Poor guy. even though he I finds it on a scrap deal. of paper, he's probably not high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> oh, yes, he's he's so adorably impressionable. It's like he his verbal skills are amazing, considering he's just been created. But his oh, the, the wonderful existential crisis of adopting any idea that comes into his head. Yes, it's adorable. But what he sees next is a. RoboCop-esque uh, hover billboard for the Detroit Police Department. It says, we're here to help. Well, then... And presents we'll a, them to help. a terrifying faceless police officer in the ad as well. <laughs> it, it, it does look like it's from OCP. <laughs> so he's off to find the police, and back at the Decepticon base, uh, they detect the... Uh, the surge in Allspark Energy, and so Lugnut is off to find out what's going on. And Megatron just wants him out of there. Yeah, because Lugnut is adorably so prostrating himself. Megatron, I, I, sir! His, Megatron's eyes twitching is just so great. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the storyboarding in this episode and the animation thereof is really good, because there's a lot of close-ups or sort of action close-ups. Like, close-ups on face and sometimes arms that are just Fantastic. Yes. So, back with the Autobots, they are stuck in traffic, 
Ratchet is probably about to murder somebody until Bumblebee convinces him to just put on his sirens so that people get out of the way. Yes. Fortunately, uh, Ratchet is an ambulance, and they come across a couple of people who need an ambulance. In this case, Yay! it is Spike and Carly Witwicky. Yes. And Spike is voiced for the first time uh, by Corey Burton, just doing his uh, season three, generation one uh, Spike voice. Yay. Yes, it's just dead on. I appreciate that it's season three Spike. For one thing, that means <laughs> we get his jumpsuit. <laughs> yes. And then Carly, of course, is just Tara Strong because she is most of the time the only female voice actor on the show. Yeah. Hmm. She's good at it, but... Hmm. So, yeah, she is uh, heavily pregnant and going into labor, and there is... and their car has broken down. Hmm. So they they take her on board and head off, even though Ratchet does not know... Where a hot, where the hospital is, or possibly even what it, what a hospital is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like he doesn't know, but he's gonna do his best. He's been told that he needs to be nice, and he's gonna do his best. And also, Sari's only familiarity with childbirth appears to have come from TV. Yes. Yeah, which raises further questions about what she told Prime way back when. <laughs> I mean, this <laughs> yes. is the end result. We don't know what she knows about what happened nine months prior. I. Yes, it's just her further questions of what she knows about babies. I mean, her her entire character arc is further questions. Oh yes, yes, this is true. That's fair. I'm just wondering where Daniel is and how he feels about getting a little baby brother or sister. Maybe he's with his aunt and uncle, or you know, some other babysitter. Left him with the uncle Chip Chase. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, or we, uh, Granddad Spark Plug. Yes. This makes me so happy. Or his aunt. <laughs> you know, his aunt. <laughs> Alright, so the, uh, uh, meanwhile, Rekka, or the Weird Al, the as yet unnamed Weird Al robot, is just strolling through Detroit. Uh, people, I guess, are used to giant robots at this point, so they're not terrified. But he is almost causing a bunch of traffic accidents. Yes. And he does indeed find the police, because they are on the hunt for the angry archer. Yay! Yay! They are chasing the angry archer, who has a couple bags that I guess probably are not garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I must steal this... I must steal yon garbage. <laughs> Oh, I love the Angry Archer. He's so good. I'm glad he's back here again. Oh, yes. And yet, the uh, the cops run right into Rekar, and one of them is, I think, the chief from the 60s Batman show, because he's just comically <laughs> Irish. <laughs> that is true. Oh, you giant robots always causing accidents. <laughs> I mean, I guess the Irish cop thing is still a stereotype, and I'm, I'm sure a bunch yeah. of cops are like Irish-American, but I don't think they have these comedy accents anymore. No, <laughs> not for the last hundred years or so. It'd be more a comedy Marky Mark of Boston accent at this point. Yes. <laughs> oh, sick, bro. Gotta, gotta let us go get that uh, that uh, Robin Hood guy. <laughs> so, 
the Sox are on in like ten minutes. So the yeah citizens are still upset with him. They call him a worthless wreck, a rockin' pile of garbage. That's what they were calling him while he was obstructing traffic. Yes. yes. And then when the angry archer asks him what his name is, that's what he replies. Yes. Oh, they call me worthless wreck, walking pile of garbage. Yes. So, <laughs> so the archer decides that a more appropriate and less lengthy name would be Wreck Gar. Sure. Which, Sure, that's that's, that's the name of the toy, Angry Archer. You got us. <laughs> That'll do. I love that Angry Archer is the one to name Rekgar. Yes. I love just the painfully backronymed name. Yes. <laughs> and so the Rekgar now throws his lot in with the Angry Archer. Yep, he will be his friend. Yes, and so the angry archer explains his life's philosophy to him, which is that he steals from the rich and gives to the poor, uh, and that would be us. Ooh. Or himself, rather. Though so then Retgar makes the, the sort of important philosophical observation that I, I think a lot of political philosophers have dealt with for a long time, which is that if you give the wealth to the poor, then the poor become the rich. Because then he steals it from Angry Archer. <laughs> yes. He demands that he returns the jewels, but instead returns tools and spools. <laughs> yes. And then I, think I love a, this shtick. And there was a third thing. There was quite a few things. It, it's a series of weird word pun, Not quite puns. Visual puns. It's, it's words that sound it, like other words. Yeah. Yes. Far less annoying than when uh, Fix-It does it in... Uh, the current yeah, robots, in robots in disguise. Oh, the angry archer tries to read a scribe instead of saying, Jules, you know the sparkly things, and then Rekar pulls out a sparkler. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bottle rocket based on the design they were going for. Uh, hmm. Alright, so they... The, he abandons this line of discussion, and they see a passing armored car, and Archer tells him that, you know, we've got to... We, we must knock it over. And Rekar doesn't understand metaphors yet, so he go. He takes a, an axle and just knocks it over. Knocks it over, and he decides that he, that's his thing that he does, is knock things over. Yeah, so meanwhile, Ratchet is speeding along. Uh, the expectant parents are very upset. Spike asks the driver to slow down, only to find that there is no driver and a small child in the passenger seat. <laughs> Which I'm sure is exactly what you want to see when your wife is in labor. Yes, but it's okay. There's nothing yep. to worry about, uh, except for the armored car that is flying towards them. <laughs> yes. oh, did you catch the Wyatt toys in the background? Yes. Oh, I did not see that. I think that's the same toy store from uh, Sound and Fury that was attacked uh, by Professor yes. Princess. Yeah, the one, oh. is, yeah. the one on the corner. Named, uh, so named after Derek J. Wyatt, a head yes. character designer. And indeed, it turns out this is the same armored car that had the nanobots in it. Conveniently enough. So, uh, Ratchet takes off after them, uh, leaving Sari to help Spike and Carly. Her advice is that maybe she's supposed to breathe? <laughs> she heard maybe that's the thing you're supposed to do. 
And I'll also note here that Angry Archer is swinging away in a way that almost precisely resembles a 1960s cartoon Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. I thought we were going to start hearing that jazzy music. <laughs> ba, da, 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 da. Maybe I've just got... Maybe just, I just have Spider-Man on the brain right now. Uh, stay, I mean, tuned, stay tuned for our Patreon his, episode, Patreon yes. subscribers. His rope-based transit is already very Spider-Man-esque, so... Yeah. Yes. And sorry, tells Rekar that, you know, we're the Autobots, they're supposed to stop the bad guys, and so Rekar, well, then I must be an Autobot. And he pulls an Autobot symbol out of his backpack and goes after the angry archer. He just I, had, you know. Out of out of everything he pulls out of his, I don't know, bag of holding garbage backpack, the symbol is, where did he get an Autobot symbol? You know. It does seem kind of hammer spacey. Or like, does he have... See if, like, the AllSpark power to, like, just generate things that he thinks of? Maybe. I think it's it's like a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit thing, where he just has the power to do whatever is amusing. <laughs> he has the power to produce whatever he wants out of there, as long as it's funny. <laughs> I buy that. And anyway, Bumblebee fights Rekar for a little bit, and he ends up getting a bunch of stuff thrown at him. <laughs> Including a side of spoiled beef, which looks like it must be the size of, like, the entire cow minus the arms, legs, and head. This is a Fred Flintstone side of beef. Yeah. Yes. Although it's a Flintstone side of beef at Bumblebee scale. Yeah, yes. It's, it's as big as Fred Flintstone. I mean, maybe, you know, it's the 2050s, biotech, I mean, if you can, like, turn a little shrimpy guy into Colossus Rhodes, maybe they're just, like, uh, uh yeah, like, house-side cows wandering the countryside. Yay, we yeah. brought Aurochs back. Yay! Good job, good job, us. We win. See, so he chucks a toilet at him, he chucks the, the, an actual kitchen sink. <laughs> an engine block. And, uh, Rekgar's Generation 1 vehicle mode. <laughs> yes. In, in a blink and you'll miss it couple of frames. Yes. Oh, I, I missed it this watching. Yeah. Yeah, I missed it when I originally saw it. But, uh, it, of course it ended up on the wiki and everywhere because Squee! Yes. Rickard throwing himself. <laughs> this is Squee the episode. Yes. Uh, because Rickard has not quite mastered the art of metaphor, uh, he just tries to catch the angry archer by throwing him up in the air and catching him, uh, but he gets away. <laughs> yes. And in the process, cracks the container of nanobots. And it just drops and it lands into in Rekkar's backpack. Yes. yes. Oh, and also, uh, Carly and Spike decided to catch a cab. <laughs> yeah, after they're nearly decapitated by an axle. And uh, Ratchet was very offended. Yes. They didn't even thank him. Yeah. <laughs> for nearly getting them killed. He is such an asshole best. in this episode, and it's great. Oh, and when Angry Archer... I feel him, though, man. When Angry Archer's getting away, he sort of Spider-Man's his way out by bouncing off a flagpole. Yes. And with animation, you have to simplify designs, but... The flag only has 11 stripes, 
it's 2050. We lost a couple of states. And it's white on top and bottom. Yeah, it's white on top and bottom. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't bother to count the stars, but there were a lot less than there should be. <laughs> yeah, look, we lost a couple states. It, you know, it happens. Listen, Maryland just... And two of the 13 original colonies? Yes, yes a couple of them left. Maryland decided <laughs> to become part of Canada. <laughs> yes. Maryland. Okay, it's 25 stars. 20? Wow. Maybe you, maybe they just merged a bunch of states into bigger states. Like, maybe nobody needs two Dakotas. Seriously. Goodbye, Rhode Island. That's one state. Boom, 49 states. What else we got? Yeah. West Virginia, <laughs> Virginia, you guys make up. I mean, it's 2050. Florida's underwater at this point. Vermont probably went back with New Hampshire. Wyoming, nobody cares. We're dividing <laughs> you up amongst, like, five different states. Yes. Oh, no, they're combining Wyoming with, like, five different states to have enough people. <laughs> Grand New Mexico. Wyoming ceased to be a state after they realized there was nobody living there except the senator and representative. <laughs> and Wilford Brimley. <laughs> oh. Unless by that point, Wilford Brimley is the senator. <laughs> He's got a lot to say about diabetes. And the... A lot to say about the healthcare legislation, man. Hmm. And cockfighting. He's an advocate for legalized cockfighting. What happened to Wilford Brimley? What? Yeah, Wilford Brimley, advocate for legalized cockfighting. Wow. It's a thing. Look it up. Wow. Wow. Jeez, dude, just play Pokemon like the rest of us. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Okay, now only if I can attach little spurs to that Pikachu. Anyway, so they they catch up to uh, they catch up to Rekgar. They Ratchet is a total dick to him and tells him that he's not an Autobot and you're only good for one thing: garbage. Aww, <laughs> oh, poor guy. But he takes it in stride. And so he transforms. Oh no, he's very excited about it because he transforms into garbage truck mode, and must and goes to deliver garbage to all. <laughs> he's like Santa Claus. Yeah, but orange. <laughs> There's a bit before that that I absolutely loved. When they catch up to him, Sari's key kind of starts glowing and pointing at him again, and she's like, oh, he's giving off a ton of Allspark energy. And then, I am Rekgar, I give off a ton of Allspark energy. <laughs> and then he just turns into like a Nova aura of blue energy. Yes. <laughs> oh, everyone on that street has cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and they're covered in garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Move to the suburbs, people of Detroit. <laughs> Cities full of crazy robots and super villains. And garbage. Wait, did you just tell people to move to Flint? Not <laughs> technically a suburb. <laughs> I'm talking about like Ann Arbor and Royal Oak. Yeah. Flint is a little farther out, but do not, also do not move to Flint. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, oh yeah, Lugnut was in this episode. Yes. And he yeah. finds Rekgar at that military base, which is, I guess, where they scanned their vehicle modes. Yep. Is Apparently, Lugnut just, just likes hanging out there. Maybe. Maybe, I don't know, he likes to feel like he fits in. So he he assumes that this is just a garbage truck being driven by a guy, uh, but then it transforms, and Lugnut wonders if he's an Autobot, but because Raj just told him that he was no Autobot. Hmm. And uh, would never be an <laughs> Autobot. He repeats yes. that. So Lugnut decides that Rekgar must be a glorious Decepticon. Yay! Yeah. Oh, oh, and so he also has a Decepticon uh, thing in he his backpack. He pulls a backpack. Decepticon sigil out of you his know. 
bag, because of course he has a or trunk, whatever it is, backpack. Yeah. Like I can see there being some counterculture elements, people having Autobot symbol stuff on Earth in universe in this. Oh, it's like how but, '70s punks had like Nazi regalia. Yeah, you know. Oh, with the Decepticons, me? Eh, not quite that, but yeah. Having that Decepticon symbol just seems weird. They don't seem well-known enough for people to have actually picked up on it. Yeah. Well, unless maybe it came off of Starscream and he regenerated. You know, oh, yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah, that seems like a distinct possibility. He was also, in a big I, pile of garbage. Yes. Yes, he oh, was. Yeah. Also, I want to call this out in the... Before Rekgar stormed off after being told he was good for distributing garbage, apparently, his transformation is... So toy accurate, it's glorious. Oh yes. It really is. Like, that may be the most toy accurate transformation we've seen on a show. Uh. Well, I guess not, uh, in... That wasn't 3D. In this, at least, uh, the, the ones in like Cybertron yeah. and animated are directly oh, okay. from point. the toys yeah. so much that it's... Yeah, Almost the Energon is like ugly toys, so that... Okay, good point, I was reading about So those. actual animation. Okay, maybe the... Yes. In 2D animation, probably the most accurate yes. you've ever seen. Definitely. Speaking of accuracy, Lugnut has his big staff hammer thingy. Yeah, which he never used. I think this is the only time he ever uses it. Yep. Yeah. Does it have That's a name? Cool. Uh, I don't think so. It's his weapon. So, uh, back at the, uh, back at the crime scene, uh, they find that the uh, Porter C. Powell shows up, complete with his sweet limo and sweet robot chauffeur. So cool. So cool. Oh, what, um, did we mention the, the limo was designed after a GoBot? Uh, yes, Tux. I think that's the first time it shows up, and then in the one of the AllSpark Almanacs, I think it was given a uh, robot mode. Uh-huh. I guess that's not a surprise. No, and I think they called it Stretch to avoid, uh... Infringing GoBot Pet trademarks? Yes. But, but Hasbro owns Tonka now. Ah, uh, but they don't own, uh, Bandai, who might own that stuff. Plus, also uh... there's, uh, well, Hanna-Barbera. That, that just means they don't own the original designs, but shouldn't they own, like, the names of them, which they've used for some... Have they? Wait, have they... I mean, they did use Leader One. Yeah, Leader One, Copter, um, I think and there's been some Leader others one. that haven't been... They don't use Crasher anymore, they used Fracture a couple well, of times. Well, because they couldn't get uh, Crasher, so they used Fracture. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on what trademarks they can get and whether or not they're willing to go out of their way to fight for it. Yeah. Anyway, the point is this uh, robot chauffeur is pretty sweet. Yeah. And I like that it, the limo, and uh, Powell are all sort of color-coordinated. Okay. Wait. Does that chauffeur have a name? Uh, I don't think so. Ooh, it's Cogman now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it is. Whether it used to or not, it is now Cogman. Oh, Porter C. Powell, of all the CEOs I have served, you are the most dickish. <laughs> Accurate, though. <laughs> okay, yes, they, they. I don't think... All right. Oh, but apparently it was a Tux model Mega Limo, like a T-U-X. Huh? Which might also be a uh, mm-hmm. RoboCop reference, because the SUV in that movie is, I think, the 6000 SUX. I thought that was the car. Hmm. 
That's like a it's like an SUV kind of thing. I, I just remember there was. I mean, the kind of Robocop drives is just a Ford Taurus. Anyway, so they they figure out that you know this canister's gone. Rekgar must have it, and we can follow Sari's key despite there being a giant trail of garbage that we could also follow. <laughs> yes. Whatever, it's convenient. So they get there. Uh, Lugnut transforms. He's about to do the punch of kill everything. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, Rekgar interprets this as the universal greeting and gives him the high five of kill everything. <laughs> Which, again, so good. it's a thing. He knows the universal greeting. The old classic universal greeting, now with new hand signs. Well, everybody knows the universal greeting. Ba, weep, grana, weep, ninibong. Yeah. Yes, we do, but it's the only time it's used in this series. That's why it's, well, it's universal. <laughs> everybody knows it. Yeah, you don't have to, like, specify that someone knows it. Of course they do. It's universal. <laughs> and that, yeah. that might be the Although most... I guess that might be the problem, because the whole property is tied to Paramount now. <laughs> oh. Oh. And I gotta say, that is... That is maybe the most charmingly stupid thing in that entire movie. The universal greeting. (laughs) It's pretty great. The whole movie, it's just, it makes no sense. It's ridiculous. I'm glad that's lived on as like one of the big references people make. It's delightfully stupid. (laughs) Yes. And of course that is used in the, specifically in the scene with the Junkions in Transformers the movie. Yes. Of course. That's of course the most appropriate. That Rick so, knows it here. So of course this cu- this creates a giant explosion. Uh this does not damage Rekkar, who is I guess just invulnerable. Apparently. He definitely seems to have powers that are based entirely around like humorous things. <laughs> <laughs> Being funny. The rule Yeah, of having comedy. Roger Rabbit powers. Yes. Uh, so Lugnut transforms to jet mode, takes off, uh Rekgar spills some of the nanobots on him, and they just start eating his play, his, his tail. Yeah, because Rekgar hitches a ride. Yes. Not to scale, everybody. That, the toys <laughs> don't really work with that. No, sadly. They're about the same size. Yeah. Yeah. And so Rekgar has to disassemble the back end of Lugnut, and of course they both just plummet to the ground. Which, speaking of toyetic... Uh, Lugnut's toy actually sort of can do that, because, uh, his spear, sp- ah, staff mace thingy is his tail. Yes. Still so, regard. I have to call something out. It looks unpleasant. <clears throat> Part of one of the earlier segments of Rekar pulling stuff out of his backpack during this sequence, pulls out a microphone, and then he pulls out a telescope and calls it a microscope. Oh, yeah. 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 They, they ask for the microbots. And he gives yeah, them but a it's mi- not a microscope. microscope. It's a like, telescope. There, there would have been a good opportunity for, the, like, a perceptor. Perceptor yeah. cell phone. Yes. And also, I think there's a point where uh, Lugnut wants him to attack, and so he pulls out thumbtacks, carpet tacks, <laughs> and income yeah. tacks. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a painful pun, but kind of funny. I love it. I mean, you, you just got to go for it. Oh, yes. Yes. Sure. So Lugnut just crashes into wherever, or most of him does. Uh, the tail, Rekgar, and the nanobots crash into a garbage barge. 
And Bumblebee's all, well, that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> oh, Bumblebee. Flings a pink scarf around his neck. <laughs> but, of course, Ratchet knows that, you know, if that thing can eat through Lugnut, it'll eat through basically the entire city and everybody in it. Yeah, and Sari is not too happy about that. Yeah. So this barge is headed towards the riverbank, where uh, Porter C. Powell is meeting with the mayor and his uh, and his press secretary. Yes. And, and this... there, there's a great bit gag here where the mayor notices that the pile of garbage on this uh, bo- boat is shrinking, and he's impressed enough that one of his eyebrows raises. Yes. <laughs> and he finally gets a name. In shot. Uh, yes. Uh, mayor Edsel. Yes. Named, of course, after Edsel Ford and his namesake car, the Edsel. Yes. Another Uh, appropriate vehicular name. And his, I mean, and his press secretary is Miss Adrius. I'm not sure what that's from. Hmm. And she is, of course, voiced by Tara Strong. Of course. I think it's a Rocky reference. Oh, Adrian. Adrian, but, like, they're not in Philadelphia, right? It's not Philadelphia, no. it's Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, then. No, I mean, it could be. I don't she know. She doesn't even work in a pet store. <laughs> so Ratchet jumps uh, off a bridge to uh, get onto the uh, the barge, and I think this is the Ambassador Bridge, which is the bridge that links uh, Canada and the U.S. Mm. That would make sense. Although they the are... The bridge. There are no others. <laughs> yes. Well. Presumably, by 2050, there will be a second bridge which they are planning to build and will be called the Gordy Howe Bridge. Uh, oh, that's... <laughs> Gordy Howe yep. Bridge. That's a name. He's yeah. a hockey player. Yeah, I know. Oh. It's just like... Is he the most famous person to ever come out of Detroit or something? Well, he's not from Detroit, but he played for the Red Wings. Well, so, Sure, whatever. Well, see, he's from <laughs> Canada, but he played in Detroit, so it links the two. Oh, yes. Oh. Because you yeah. can't name it after just a Detroit guy or just a Canada guy. I, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And, and I guess it'd be kind of fun to say driving across the Gordy. Yeah, plus he just died. And everybody loves Gordy Howe. Yeah. He's Mr. Hockey. <laughs> Seriously, sure. they called him Mr. Hockey. <laughs> what about all the other people who play hockey? Were they insufficiently hockey to be Mr. Hockey? Well, he played until he was like 55 years old. Oh, okay. At one point, he was playing on the same line as his large adult sons. <laughs> wow. That yeah. is pretty serious. Everybody loved Gordy Howe, so, yeah. So, yeah, they, uh... You know, Ratchet tells Rekgar that, you know, you... You know, you're gonna destroy the whole city. Uh, you wouldn't I, dare to do something that stupid. This is after Ratchet <laughs> jumps off the bridge in an... The most animated a transformation scene has ever been. Yeah, like, that's some serious action-packed ratchet animation there. Yeah. Yes. And lots of posing when he lands and, and go into the Exciting speeches. old man action. Yes. As you were saying. I love old man ratchet. Yeah, he's, you, you glitch head, you're going to destroy the whole city. You wouldn't dare to do something that stupid. I am Rekgar. I dare to be stupid. He said the thing. Yes. Yay. He said the thing. Dare to be stupid. Dare to be stupid. What did I say? Dare to be stupid. Tell me what did I say? Dare to be stupid. I can't hear you. Dare to be stupid. Okay, I can hear you now. Dare to be stupid. No, 
And I believe that is the clip that Weird Al shows in concert before he does Dare to be Stupid. Yeah. Uh, how he how he and the rest of his uh, backup band hide their costume changes is video packages of stuff Weird Al's done on TV over time. Yeah. And it'll be like clips from the MTV specials he's done and VH1 specials he's done, cameos he's done and other things. And then... For this one, when they're doing the costume change for Dare to be Stupid, it's, I am Rekgar, I dare to be stupid, and then they immediately turn the stage lights on and burst into song. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's pretty good. It's amazing. When I was there, the clips were just so short. To, it's like, you changed all the clothes you're wearing. What? How? It was 30 seconds. <laughs> he's just wearing layers. Like, start of the, con- the concert, he's wearing like 10 layers, and he's just tearing them off. Like, uh, well, that only goes so far, cause, like, he'll do, change it to the, um, oh, what's the Star Wars song? The... Yoda? Oh, Yoda. No, the newer one. Or oh, the, the other the one. Saga, Saga begins. begins. Yeah, so he's dressed like Obi-Wan and that. So, of course, there's something underneath that, but earlier he had different clothes. It's, it's, it's magic. Witchcraft. Yes. Yes. The magic of theater. <laughs> And Rekar also says that he will destroy the whole city, and his eyes turn red. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, when he gets an idea in his head, he is all in it. <laughs> Even earlier, on the barge, just like, don't worry, people of Detroit, your garbage is coming! <laughs> yes. And I, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but he's always animated with flies buzzing around him, which I appreciate. Yes. It's such a nice effect. Which is cute. It's a really simple effect. I, I'm not sure if it's just one layer frame that's wiggled around or if it's like actually an animated gif of a couple frames. It's a real simple effect, but it works well. Yeah, there's usually like two or three flies when they're actually showing the effect. Yeah. yeah well, and they're all moving around pretty well. Yeah. Well, there's sections like when he dumps, starts dumping the garbage on Ratchet and Bumblebee. There's like dozens of flies. And so Rekar, he ha- or so Ratchet, he has to do something that he didn't want to do, that he ne- hoped he'd never have to do. The most painful thing he's ever done in his career as an Autobot. Making yes. the ultimate sacrifice. He apologizes. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Rekar, you can be whatever you want. You can be a hero. And so, Ra- and so Rekar is a hero, and he gets a vacuum cleaner and vacuums up the microbots. Yay! The day is saved. Good job. Uh, so yeah, they end up in his backpack, and they just overload it. He falls into the river, and there's a huge explosion. Oops. Ratchet tries to yank him out with the magnets, but he finds only uh, disarticulated garbage. junk. Yes, only garbage. Another axle. And if it weren't for the stinger, this would be pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. So they get to shore, the the danger is over, uh, Portisy Powell is mad because Ratchet destroyed his product, and there's no deal, and the garbage is going to bury this city. So Ratchet picks up Powell jerk. in one hand, he picks up the mayor and his press secretary in the other, and then just kind of shoves them together and tells him to make a deal, or he's going to throw them into the river. <laughs> I love this Ratchet. It's a pretty effective uh, negotiating facilitation strategy. Yeah, because they yeah. immediately agree, uh, you know, we will 
pay you a small increase, and we will not be murdered by this robot. <laughs> yes. And so Ratchet, of course, decides that much like Sally Field, they really like me. <laughs> oh, and when he says that, like, it's a pan out, because before it was like a close-up of him holding the Edsel and Porter C. Powell, and the Mayor Edsel's translator. When they pan out, and he says that, Sorry puts her hand in her face, her face in her hands. It's like, it's a little tiny bit of animation in the corner of the screen. It's just adorable. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's perfect. I have to put up with this all the time. <laughs> but hey, good news, because deep below the water, buried in sand, Rekar lives. Yay! And he assures the fish that he is a hero and he is here to help. Yes, fellow yes. creatures. But uh, first he needs a hand, or possibly a Or fin. maybe a fin. <laughs> uh. Yeah, because he, he's buried up to his neck in silt. Poor guy. Which, uh. he doesn't come back, does he? Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. He does, okay. yeah. Season three. Okie dokie. I, I couldn't remember him actually coming back. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not in one of the better episodes, but it's it's more Rekgar, so... Yeah, that that makes it inherently good. I remember it being fun enough. Yeah, I mean, I... Dude, this might have been my favorite episode up till now. Yes! I mean, I like how it's... It's so good. It's kind of like a... Like a sort of day-in-the-life kind of episode. Like, yeah. there's no giant Decepticon plot. The plot is mostly... Lugnut, get out of here and do something before I murder you. <laughs> you know, there is kind of a threat to the entire city, but it's kind of goofy. Yes. Yeah. It's all character work. Yes. Kind of makes it mm. great. I mean, Weird Al is... I mean, he's done a fair bit of voice acting, um, and he's very good. Did he actually do voice acting yeah. before this, though, is the thing? That, I'm not sure. Let me see. I'm almost positive he had. Are we, I don't know... It was the first thing I remember ever seeing him in, and him being so enthused about it, because interviews and stuff, he mentioned enjoying it, and has since done the ponies and things. I mean, he always seems game for anything. Pretty much, yeah. Let's see. I know that um, apparently Tom Kenny is not in this episode, huh. but he went to the recording session because he uh, his his son wanted to meet Weird Al. Yes. Which, which is adorable. <laughs> it is. Uh... I think in the Weird Al show, he did animated interstitial sequences. Oh, okay. He did a cameo on The Simpsons in 2003 where he did a song parody. Apparently he was in Eek the Cat. Oh, all right. Never mind. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? And Sabrina the Animated Series, which I had forgotten existed. There was a Sabrina Animated Series? What? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, sure. And uh, Lilo and Stitch the Series. (laughs) Well, that was after this. Ooh. No, that was before this. That was nineteen ninety. That was two thousand three. What? This is two thousand eight. Oh God, Lethal and Stitch was that long ago? <laughs> oh, and he was also in a bunch of episodes of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. I uh, okay, sure. Boy, apparently he's on an episode of The Brat Show. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, was there interview segments in that? I can't remember the Brat Show that much. I don't think so. No. Oh. But now, that was sit- the one that was the weird sitcom where George Lowe was playing, like, uh, Ricky Ricardo. Yes, that that was it. So that must have just been voice acting. Huh. Okay. But certainly since then, he's done a lot more voice acting. 
He is currently the title character on Milo Murphy's Law on the Disney Channel. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, did, a, did a bunch of Adventure Time. Uh, he was on BoJack Horseman. Hey, uh, yes. I, watch I love BoJack Horseman. Maybe I should start watching that. I need to watch that. So dark. So wrong. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty depressing at times. But hilarious like when it's not, life. and sometimes when it is. Yes. Oh, God. I need to track that down and watch hmm? that. He did a voice for Teen Titans Go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not surprising. Dark Side. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I... I guess we're getting that episode. God, I think that may beat my my previous uh, favorite uh, DCU voice casting. Which? Uh, which was Ed Asner yes. as Granny Goodness. Yes. Dark Side is hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty good. As it's, a, I, I like that it's just kind of crummy things happening. It, it is kind of like a like one of those seventies New York movies where just everything awful is happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously in a PG rated kind of way, but you know, there's a garbage strike. Uh, there's just a random robot wandering around. The cops are chasing down a criminal who, in this case, is dressed like Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> And we don't get a lot of episodes of Transformers like this. No, not usually. Usually there is some, you know, epic, terrifying plot. And this is just... It's like they're having fun playing with all the toys they have in their toy box. <laughs> yes, yes, literally. Uh, yeah, kind of... That's, <laughs> that's partially why I, re- I remember this episode more than most of the episodes of the animated, because I think the day it came out, I was opening toys... <laughs> Like, I think I got Starscream that day and some other things. Nice. Well, in fact, this uh, this was first aired at a BotCon. Oh. Yeah. That rings a bell. I think it was... Yes, they. Uh, this and um, Black Friday were first aired at BotCon 2008. <laughs> oh, Black Friday. Which was in uh, Cincinnati. But no, this is this is definitely a high point of the series. It's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I I would say maybe my favorite episode so far. Oh, for sure. I even without the gratuitous Generation One references. Yeah. <laughs> but but gratuitous Generation One references. They're not even that. Gra- they're like I wouldn't even call them gratuitous. They're blinking, you'd miss them. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of throwaways. Um, maybe maybe the universal greeting. Yeah, that one's a bit more. Although it's still kind of a throwaway gag. Because it ends in an explosive high five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Spike and Carly bit in den- ends in child endangerment. <laughs> Yay! The kid is going to have birth defects. <laughs> it's the best. But of course, we will be back next week. Uh, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IconUnderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to help us with hosting expenses, uh, domain renewal, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash IconUnderground. And we now have Patreon-exclusive episodes where you can hear us talk about movies like Transformers The Last Night and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming. 
Uh, and that is for a mere dollar a month pledge. So uh, go over to Icon Underground, uh, patreon.com slash Icon Underground and help us out. Sorry, that for, for pennies a day. Yeah. And I live in Canada. We don't even have pennies. Yeah. So that's like almost literally nothing. <laughs> Do you have like, I guess you don't have pennies at all. Did you, have you just gotten rid of the, the lower decimal currency? Yeah, you, 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 they round it up or down. Oh. So the smallest we have now are nickels. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. They do the same on United States military bases. Wow. Mm-hmm. And anywhere sensible. Fascinating. Yeah. And it's that, it's that copper lobby. <laughs> no, actually, no, it's not the copper lobby, it's the state of Illinois. Yeah. Cause, uh-huh. Is it because Lincoln's on the pennies? Yes. They don't want to lose a coin with Lincoln on it. Yes. Oh my god. There isn't even that much copper on them anymore. It's most, it's still mostly like a zinc slug in the middle. Yeah, it's a zinc slug plated with copper. Well, I guess... And the, even then, they still cost, like, two and a half cents to make. <laughs> well, I guess that's the nice thing about Canada. The Queen's on all of our currencies, so <laughs> even when we got rid of the penny, she's still on everything else. <laughs> Just keep it to that one person, and you're set. And I'll, even if we took her off all of it, she's not going to complain. She's still the Queen. That's true. That's true. We might change things up if we have... Well, I'm sorry, if. if when, when we have to put Prince Charles on everything. Oh, yeah, you, you. you don't want that. Can you, like, skip a generation or two? Um, <laughs> well, you can, but then somebody has to abdicate, and then they have to give up that sweet king job. Well, the way it's <laughs> going, Charles is going to be elderly by the time he gets a chance. Yeah, that's true. He's going to be old as hell. Yeah. Ha-ha, <laughs> monarchy. <laughs> Maybe she'll outlive him. It's not impossible. Her mom lived to be like a hundred. Looking like that. Also, it's not like, I mean, common idea is to look at her and go, oh, she's like, crypt keeper old, but likes dogs, but <laughs> she was a mechanic in World War II. Oh, sure, yeah, we, most Canadians are pretty, you know, we're okay with our monarchy. The Queen, we like her well enough that we're not going to rock the boat. It seems harmless <laughs> enough. But anyway, please join us next week. Uh, when we are going to be fast and or furious when we watch Velocity. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. You better squeeze all the Sherman you can when Mr. Whipple's not around. I'm... It was. Okay, and I will stop my recording.
Okie dokie. Stop recording for over an hour.